Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. To begin. Are you watching closely? How to start. I just, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In life itself, a memoir, Roger E. begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. At first, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. We're back to talk, uh, I guess, about group three of the bracket, Groundhog Day and Happy Death Day. We're here with Luke Gallen, filmmaker, podcaster, previous guest. <laughs> yeah, hello. Jump in where I Yeah, I didn't know where, at what point to say hello, so I just sort of... It's like the room. Oh, hi, Luke. Oh, hi, Robert. <laughs> oh, hi, Danny. Oh, hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Susan. Oh, hi, Colette. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, yeah, we got the energy. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Tangents. They happened. We've been talking about these movies for... This is the third week. Really, we, we get together once a week and record for 20 minutes. That's it. Just hope for the best. That's how the show works, totally. Mm, yeah, just like with About Time, it's a real pain to book the guests to record on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So what didn't you like about Happy Death Day? You said before we were recording that until a certain point you didn't care for it and then it got good. It felt... You weren't sure what the point was, but what yeah, didn't you like? It was, um, it felt like at first you explained the premise of Happy Death Day to me or I read it. And it was just exactly what I expected it to be, and I didn't like that. Mm. It was just like, she repeats every day until she figures out who the killer it is, and it was like, okay, well, that's the film. Yeah. It, so for a long time, it was exactly what I expected it to be. Are, are we going spoilers on here, or? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Listeners, go watch the movie. So the twist, when it's not the person she thought it was, and it ends yeah. up being, I, I don't know character names, the girl with the cake. Her um, roommate, yeah, I forget her name. Lori. Lori. That, that's the point where I was like, oh, this is being clever now. Yeah. I liked it. I think if I was in any other place, I, 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 I wasn't having a particularly great day today, to be honest, when I watched it today. So it was fine, but it just, it didn't work for me as well as I thought it could. Mm. It might be one of those where when I watch again, something will click. 
I, I mean, towards the latter part, I got really invested. I think I gave it four and a half, which is pretty solid rating. Is it the point where she is trying to be, like, kind of like Groundhog Day, which we'll get to as well, when she's trying to be a better person, not just trying to solve her own murder, that it gets good, maybe? A little bit, yeah. I guess. It, as I said, it just, it felt... I hate to say this, because I don't actually know many British horror films, but it felt really, really American. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, the main character tree is very American stereotype college girl. It's like very, very full of herself. Also, yeah. can I take a guess here? I genuinely don't know this. Mm. This film is a 15 in the UK. I'm getting PG-13 vibes. Probably. Let's double check. Because I'm not entirely sure yes. why it was a 15. Because, like, it just... It was a really, really tame Yeah, um, I think it's... Well, I don't know why why they do 15s. You're a better expert on rate, film ratings. Seriously, Luke obsesses. Yeah. You probably brought it up when you were on the show before. I don't remember. Probably. But, uh, yeah, here it'd just be language and violence, I guess, but we don't care that much about violence. Uh, There's not much in the way of language either, is there? Well, she definitely says some, like when she's, a, when the, she's in the police car and it's gonna explode, she sees, she sees the leaking gas and I think she says shit and then, like, it says like, oh shit, and then the, she sees the flame coming and says, oh fuck, and it explodes. That's one. I don't know if fuck is in there any more than that one. Okay, I'm just reading the IMDb Parents Guide. Yeah, there's one use of that. Yeah. Semi-frequent of, of the other bits. She is nude for a scene, but you don't see her. No. Although she did do that. She did do that, though. She did walk on that campus with no clothes. <laughs> they were going to keep the camera higher so she didn't have to and give her something to wear on the front. She's like, no, I'll do it. Well, I mean, do they do, like, the... Like, the, what they do? Like, tape and... They didn't. No. Or... They, they had offered... And then she thought it'd be better to do the scene like to actually just do it. I can't remember what it's called, the the cloth that they wear. I don't know. I'm not a stripper. I, so. <laughs> I read a lot of behind the scenes film stuff yeah. and I don't know what I, I definitely knew it once and don't now. Yeah, it's PG thirteen in the States for violence, terror, crude sexual content, language, drug material, and partial nudity. You count that as partial nudity? You do see part of her butt, sort of. So, yeah. If the crack is visible, it's partial nudity in this country. We are prudes, remember. I feel like we don't have partial nudity as a phrase. I think we have mild, strong, and moderate, (laughs) and I can't ever quite figure out what it is. Because it's very weird. It's like, it can be fine, but then sometimes it's considered a sexual context, and other times I think, is that really sexual context? Ours is actually good enough I can usually figure out what it is before I see the movie. If it says partial, it means you're seeing a butt. If it says graphic, you're seeing a penis. If it just says nudity, you're seeing breasts. That might be the case here. Um, I don't know. I feel it's, it's, it's rare that films with topless female nudity actually say nudity on the back. Well, no, you put those in a newspaper, right? We did for a while. Oh, you don't, don't anymore? The case. There's no page three? I don't know. I don't read the sun. <laughs> 
I know we did. I'm not sure if that's still the case. There's probably a politically correct issue with it now. I don't know. They could have page four men. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know whether page three is still a thing. But yeah, I feel like a lot of, although it's often like brought up on the age rating info on the BBFC website, I feel like unless you're looking at like maybe like a PG film, possibly a 12, mm. it's rare that that level of nudity is actually mentioned. It's often, it's often that like there's another issue with the film that takes priority. That's like how it would have been here in the eighties. Like if it was at all, Rated R, you assume there's some nudity, and if it's PG, oh, there might still be some breasts, whatever. We were weird in the 80s. We talked about this on Two Minutes About Time as well, I don't... Yeah, it's... Because it's one of the more confusing parts of the age rating system, really. Yes. Because it's someone's job to decide if it's sexualized or not. (laughs) Yep. Like, there's a... There's a show um, in the UK called Peter Kay's Car Share, which is a really funny show. But there's one episode where they meet this guy who, who shows a picture of his secret girlfriend and she's like topless and you see that picture for about five seconds. And for that reason, like the the DVD says strong language and sexualized nudity. And it's like it's a photo for five seconds. Yeah. Well, it's like the Kate Moss picture in About Time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I remember the TV show Chicago Hope in the 90s, early 90s. It's a hospital show. Yeah. Did an episode about breast cancer and they showed the woman's breast in an episode that was a big deal because this is primetime television in America. You don't do that. No. And so they had to put a special warning before the episode. And it's like, they're not, it's not sexual, you know. Yeah, it's the weird thing where they're, they're trying to uncover a taboo, but they have to like acknowledge that it's a taboo right. first. They're trying to educate people and like talk about an actual medical thing. Whatever. <laughs> there's, a, there's a TV show called This Morning here in the UK, which is just like, your, your general morning chat show. Okay. I think generally a lot of people watch it. I remember at some point like turning up to school and seeing some students sat waiting in the classroom watching This Morning on their phones. Hmm. Like I didn't know that that was the... This Morning to me is one of those shows for if you're having a sick day. Yeah. It's it's like This Morning, I think Loose Women and a couple of those other shows, Jeremy Kyle for a while, are just the shows which are... I think This Morning's better, but Loose Women and Jeremy Kyle are just the sort of shows... Jeremy Carl's a bit like Dr. Phil. The the, the sort of shows that you just, you know they're not that good, but it's the sort of, it's it's the sort of show you watch because it's normally on when you're working. Ah. So it's almost like a a treat if you're ill to be like, let's watch these shows and sit and eat soup. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I've ever had soup when I was ill. I don't know why I thought that. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, I was going to say eat ice cream, but I haven't done that either. Um, I remember at one point I was ill, I was I phoned up my dad and she was like, have you had a chocolate biscuit? And I was like, no, she said chocolate biscuit always makes it better. <laughs> and and just told me to get a chocolate biscuit. So respect to my nan, shout That's out. That's a good rule for life. Yeah. What was my point? I don't know. Oh, this morning, yeah. <laughs> they did a thing about, I think they did about testicle cancer and breast cancer. Mm. And they had people on, like, showing how to check. I mean, I have, I've, I've seen, cause I watch a lot of this morning clips on YouTube. I've seen the clips come on recommended. I haven't watched the clips. Yeah. But from what I'm aware, they've done that. <laughs> I think they also did a weird segment about like some, there was, there was some Watch Mojo video about weirdest this morning segments. And I think they did something about weird sex toys, which is very strange for seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning on, yes. <laughs> on UK TV. I'll watch every now and again. A video came I recommended the other day, or well, this morning that I've been meaning to watch, uh, this morning, this morning, um, about where they, where they interview three women called Karen who are getting very offended by the Karen thing. And I don't, 
I understand why people do have an issue with it, but there's those women who say it's like the N word for white men, white women. It's like it's just not it's nowhere near the same. What's your stance on the Karen situation, Robert? We're gonna give nicknames to things. People have bad names. People have names that fit other things, and that's too bad. I mean, too bad for them if they're really offended or having a problem because people make fun of them. But also, if but, it's a Karen getting offended about being called a Karen, it's like she's being a Karen and being offended. Right, you can't even get offended by it, right, without pruning <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward cycle, I understand, but I also don't think anyone takes the Karen comment seriously enough for it to actually be nasty. I hope not. Because I feel people just say, oh, she's a Karen, and that's just, like... If someone is using that against you enough that it's hurtful and bad... Probably that person is going to do something else hurtful to you anyway. If it's someone you know, then I hope, I mean, I hope you just get away from them and do better. Don't be a Karen, just be Karen. I realized at one point when I was making a film, I never ended up finishing writing it, I was writing a film where one of the characters was called Karen, and suddenly it was just like, people will already have their own ideas as to what this character's like just because she's called Karen, and that's not what her character's like. Yep. So I was like, I'm just going to give her a different name. Yeah. And I ended up not making the film. It's a... So, so just just in case anyone wants to steal my idea, because I might do it eventually. It's about two teenage girls in a school who end up being the heads of the school council, and the head teacher has to go off and do something, and for an experiment decides to leave two students in charge of the school for a week. And it's about, like, what happens. It's a stupid idea. It's like a sort of Disney Channel TV movie thing, but... Yeah. I started writing it, and then the possibility of filming it properly ended up not working out. Well, I think there was an issue with cast availability and different things as well, because we'd already casted it. I actually booked out my school for a particular... I booked out my school for a day, for the day, and then one of our cast members ended up unable to do it. So the next day, I then turned up to the school and said, can I cancel that booking? And it was just... But actually, to have enough extras over... And it meant I ended up doing Unstable. I wouldn't have done Unstable if this film had gone ahead, which was good. If I, I doubt I could have got enough people to turn up to school to make it look like an active school during the summer holidays. Oh, no. They're on. I don't have that many friends, <laughs> and not that many <laughs> or money. Yeah. Happy Death Day. Yeah, I I used to have a problem. One problem with this movie in particular that when I just watched it a couple nights ago, I realized it wasn't a problem anymore. When she goes to see her father and actually finally have lunch with him, that tonal shift always bugged me. Oh no, it's wrong because it happens so abruptly. Yeah, uh, that that annoyed me as well because they added the little bit about her and her mum. Which yeah. I was sort of okay with, mm-hmm. but it felt so much that they, even the music, it was like, now it's a family drama and you can all right. cry for a bit. Well, and, and the cut is to him sitting at a table. We don't know this guy. Mm. We haven't seen a picture of him. I thought that as well. I was like, who's this bloke? Right. But then watching it this time, knowing that was coming, I was just like, it just kind of flowed into it. I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. I guess it's like me with Kit Kat in About Time. I, I like it now, mm. but I didn't before. Yeah, but at first, right, you didn't. And so it it flowed better, but I always had that tonal shift was weird. And it's that same, you haven't watched the sequel yet, Yeah. but minor spoiler, that same scene in the sequel is similar where the tone kind of shifts in a weird way. Okay. But I think it might be earned more in the sequel. Yeah. The, the one thing I did like about him, and I understood why we saw him first, mm-hmm. because it was nice seeing him realize she wasn't going to come. Yeah. And- and then she comes. I, yeah. I liked that, but it was sort of if 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 we knew he was her dad somehow, if we'd seen a picture of him or something, yeah, that would have worked. Well, if he'd been in the video with her and her mother, yeah, 
But of, of course, he's the one taking the video, so it couldn't have been in it. But she could have been. She could have then scrolled through some photos and like a selfie of them all around a cake or something. Right, the three of them together. Like it could have been anything. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that he was just there, it was like as soon as we found out that was him, I was like, oh, I liked that. But at one point, it was like, okay, so it's a guy who's leaving a cafe. Mm-hmm. Why do I care? Right. And then she comes in, and it's a nice scene once she's there, but it's like, I wish there was another way we could have gotten to it. So I said to you before recording that one of the reasons I didn't mm-hmm. give this a full five-star rating on Letterboxd was at the end of the film, yeah. they said a line about Crocs. They were nasty to Crocs, and I like Crocs, so that was okay. bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you even remember the line. I don't even remember what no, they said about Crocs. It's probably something negative, because that's what we do. I don't think it's... Uh, it's not... I don't think it's the roommate. I'm really bad remembering characters. Oh, is it the, the, the head one? Maybe. Oh, no, it's not the roommate. It's when she's... It's the girl who's... She sees her a few times in the film, but it's the girl who's interviewed after the roommate dies. Yeah. Danielle. Uh, Danielle, there we go, that was it. She's got a bigger part in the sequel. And she says something, she says something like she was always a bit weird, she even owned a pair of Crocs. <laughs> I just knew there was something wrong with Lori. She never wore makeup, never posted any cute selfies, and she literally owned a pair of Crocs. All the signs of a psycho killer were- <laughs> I was like, oi. I became weirdly obs- well, clearly it is weird if I just said weirdly. I became weirdly. I became obsessed with Crocs during a church camp event, I don't know why. <laughs> Just everyone started talking about my Crocs, then I became really fascinated by my own Crocs. Next thing I know, people were nicking my Crocs and walking around wearing my Crocs. (laughs) And then we started doing Zoom sessions for my church youth group, and we ended up doing a... Because at one point, we were just doing it, and I ended up doing, like, talking about Crocs at some point and Googling something. And suddenly we realised how amazing the Crocs website is and, like, the history of (laughs) everything. So we ended up having, for our last week of of the youth group before Christmas... Not before Christmas, before our summer break. We did a Crocs Two Truth One Lie, where we all had to come with Crocs facts, mm-hmm. and we did a um, design your own Croc because you've got what well, can't they're called uh, gibbets that you put in the Crocs, and it was like design your own Croc, and you've all got to like show and guess what everyone else had, and it was actually quite nice. It's church youth group, but we just talk about Crocs. <laughs> but that's why, Robert, I've been—you may have noticed me tweeting and content and posting on yeah, trying to get them as a sponsor yeah. on social media, saying sponsor. Crocs like like loads of people from my youth group started commenting, please sponsor Luke. And Crocs liked their posts, but didn't get in touch with me. It's very sad. Speaking of which, if anyone listening to this knows anyone who works for Cock and Bull Ginger Ale, mm. they don't even seem to have a website. I don't know how to find them. Or Crocs. If you get Crocs to sponsor this show and they don't do two months about time. Or Crocs, yeah. This episode, sponsored by Crocs. <laughs> I, I just love it. Uh, would you like to remind the listeners who you are? How to find you. Is it Groundhog Day next week, then? <laughs> yes, I guess. I'm just taking over this show. This is... <laughs> right, uh, they can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, Instagram at Ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Allen Film, or podcast radio prints, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is at LukeAllen.co.uk. Two Minutes About Times on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Minutes About Time. They can join our Facebook group, The Cupboards, all things to do with About Time. And any times we have on the show, we're also on IMDb at Two Minutes About Time. They can also find me next week on this show. Well. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut.
That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You're still here? You just don't turn it off! It's over. Go home. Go.